On today's show, you can look at this game one of two ways. Did the Mavs miss their chance? Or did the Mavs game plan actually work just well enough to show that they can get this done in another game without Luka Doncic? We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavs Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all po- all podcast platforms, including YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow is to comment. Comment anything. I don't care what it is. Just go ahead and comment down below. Joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com. The glass half full fiend, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, zooming out real quick. Let's just be happy. Playoff basketball is back, and there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like the atmosphere. There's nothing like just the game of playoff basketball, not just for the Mavs, but across the league, but obviously for the Mavs, too, of just the fact that the team that we all follow and that we talk about every single day and that you guys listen to every single day. Thank you for tuning in for us all season and through these playoffs. That it's just it's so good to be back playing playoff basketball. Oh, love it. The energy in the arena was high today, even though it was a weird noon game. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right. Today, we're going to look at how you can look at this game in two ways, what I talked about at the top of the show. Then, we'll talk about what happened. (laughs) How did this game go down? How did the Mavericks fall in this game? Where did they have chances? And then in the third segment, we'll talk about what worked and what didn't work for this Mavericks game. Let's start here. You can look at this game one of two ways. Isaac's holding up a cup on YouTube, if you can see. This is a glass, a glass, a mason jar glass. At what point is a cup a glass and what is it? (laughs) A little different. It's like a square is a rectangle. The Mavs either had their chance to win this game without Luka. This was their chance. That's one way you could look at this. Like This one. All the things that could have happened went right. If you're a glass half, half empty person, you're like, that was their chance. They're not going to get that chance again to be that close, to be a minute 30 left and have a chance to go up by two with a maxi miss three. They're not going to have that chance again. That's one way you could look at it. The other way you could look at it The Mavs shot 38% from the field, 28% from three, only 76% on their free throws. Mitchell had 32, a stat that we were really following. Bojan was 11 of 20 from the field, and the Mavs still had a chance to win this game. I think it's one of those two ways you can look at this. All without, by the way, all without Luka. (laughs) Yeah, that's... We've been leading up this entire week. It felt like a freaking NFL week because we have a whole week leading yeah, up to one game. I don't I don't envy those people anymore <laughs> that they have to do that every single week to lead up to a game. Yeah, so and we were talking about these things that had to happen for the Mavs to win a game without Luka, to steal a game, to steal a home game. And it's like we laid out these different things that like, hey, can we get Dinwiddie and Brunson to score together and score over 20? And could we get the 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 offense to hit these outside shots? Could we have a really good defensive game? Could we hold Gobert under 20 points? Could we all these different things? As far as the game plan, like I thought the game plan was almost perfect. Like 
what so many of these things played out like the coaching coaching wise like you wanted like you said like the recipe is there if you're looking at this game you want to say hey the glass is half full then you're looking at that recipe that that laid out like Brunson and Dinwiddie what did they combine for tonight Brunson had 24 points Dinwiddie 22 points like Let's go. Like, they, I mean, they're both over 20 points in this game. Like, you look at the defense, they held them over under 100 points. Let's go. You look at Rudy Gobert in this game. He didn't score a ton in this game. You chased him off the off the three-point line. This is something that we we talked about this week and even talking about with Mike Shedd yesterday of like the Mavericks have to chase them off the three-point line. Hey, they got to force them to take twos. And you look at how many they attempted 22 threes in this game. They averaged 40 threes a game. Like we're talking about a game plan that's laid out. Like they played the game plan. Their score, best scores. Bogdanovich had twenty six. You know, Donovan had over thirty in this game. They, you only made nine threes in this game, and yet you all, like you were right there at the end without Luka Doncic, and you you only made nine threes in the game. Like there's so many things that you could say. Hey, the glass is half full, and you really you're echoing what Spencer Dinwiddie said post game. Keep going with the the glass half full. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie. The thing he said post game was, "We lost by six, and I missed six free throws." I thought that, that was a, a thing Spencer Dinwiddie said that he took you know yeah. the blame for that. I think he took a lot of blame for a lot of things. He had a rough game towards the towards the end of it. Finished with twenty two, but ten of those were from the free throw line. Could have had six more. Uh, did have eight, did have eight assists, and he carried the Mavs at times, but. You look at him and Brunson. I mean, he didn't. he was six of fifteen from the floor. Brunson was nine of twenty-four from the floor. You didn't even get efficient games from either of those guys either. Like they didn't yeah. even shoot the ball well. Um, so if you're starting to look at half full, like okay, those guys can have a little bit. They can have more efficient games. The offense can be better. We've seen it be better, and the Mavs can come back and win game two. Yeah, I mean, even why I brought up Spencer, you know, also was. He said he even addressed almost the fan base in ways. I think the fan base has a lot to be, po- you know, be yeah. positive about after this game because we had a lot of these things go right, and it took, you know, their guys, you know, their best two scores scoring that, and all these different things that happened. We were right there at the end without Luca. So I, I just you look across the board, everything considering without Luca, I think it was like you can walk away from this really positive now. If you are right now leaning towards the glass half empty, there's a few things you can say with that too, right? Like you can look at it and say, hey, like they didn't hit their threes at all. We're talking about a team who shoots a ton of threes and shoots them at a high clip. They only hit seven threes in this game and yet they still won. You can look at it and say, okay, well, we we shot 34 free throws in this game. The Jazz, we've talked about this stat all week. They they're number one in the league in free throw attempts per game from the opponent, you know, from the opponent. The opponent normally averages 19 free throws a game. We shot 34 and still lost. You can also look at the Donovan Mitchell first half in which he, you know, put a bow on a Christmas, you know, gift and handed it to you of now Dorian played really good defense, but he didn't play a really good first half. Donovan Mitchell, first time he scored, scored, not even just got a field goal, was five minutes and 20 seconds left in the first half. He didn't, yes. score, he didn't score for the first what? What is that like? Like nineteen minutes of the game. So that happened, and and they still won. So I think the bigger question, and I'm sure we'll post this on Twitter or whatever, for you as a fan that's listening, and in the YouTube comments, yep. who are you? Like, are you walking away from game one, the glass half full, or are you walking away from game one saying, "Man, there's a look at all that stuff happened. We're screwed." 
I think a lot of us are in one or two camps. I try to go glass half full a lot of the time. Yeah. I try I try to. You start looking at the, the chances that they had at the end and and the ways that they messed up too. Like the ways that they they tried their best with, with the game plan and they held the Jazz to under 100, which is good, but their offense just the, the yeah. mistakes, the things that went wrong. They only had seven turnovers, so it's not like they were turning the ball over terribly, but the threes, the the decisions, the you know, Josh Green is out there and he misses his his four threes and uh, he's completely wide open. And just some of the, the rust shots and the, you know, Dinwiddie drives into nothing or drives right into Gobert or uh, Maxi and Dwight try shots right under the rim at Gobert. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, like make a better decision and tr- go for a better shot. And he, the, the offense has, has nowhere to go but up, in my opinion, because it just was so bad at certain points. Yeah, I mean, without Luca, that's the biggest question mark you're going into a game like this. Sure. Is where are you going to get your offense? And this, while we're talking about Dinwiddie and Brunson, even more than the outside shooters, because Luca creates so many opportunities for the outside shooters to get these open shots. And you know, yeah, they had over 20 in this. Both of them had over 20 in this game, which is part of that recipe of like, hey, you need both these guys to kind of do their thing. You just need a little bit more. Like, I mean, honestly, and Brunson, I thought had a good you know first quarter, um, but then it just it was kind of, I mean, there are some people, there was a Knicks uh, contingent there. New York there, Knicks, yeah. Here, here you go. They were, they were watching their future point guard, Donovan Mitchell. Ooh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, a lot. To, there's a lot, to, a lot to get into in this game. Jalen Brunson didn't take a single easy shot all game. <laughs> all game. Like, there's a no. lot more to break down with that. We'll start with the, the first quarter and then move on, and we'll get into all that. Uh, and explain how the game was for the Dallas Mavericks. But before we do, let me tell you about Athletic Greens. It's the easiest thing and the best thing you can do for your health in 60 seconds or less. I use Athletic Greens every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted more energy. I wanted to, you know, to take take control of my gut health, all that kind of stuff. And I, my dad has all these vitamins and stuff. Like I swear, every time I go home, he he has a nap. He's like he's he's very like sweet about it. He has like a napkin. He'll write somebody's name on it, and he'll put all the vitamins that you need in a day on the napkin. Wow. So, like, my mom's name will be on one. My name will be on another. If my sister's staying with us, her name will be on one. And so he has it all out. But it's like five or six, seven different things. And instead of that, all you have to do is take AG1. So go check it out. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and everything that you could need for your gut health. Go check it out and more. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go check it out at athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Take ownership of your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance today. Also, while you're on it, while you're trying to take control of your health, get a better snack. Get yourself a better snack with Built Bar. Check them out at built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your entire order. The Churro Puff Bar. I had one today. Delicious. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar. Honestly, I would rather eat this bar than a normal candy bar, and they're pretty good for you. Only 6 grams of sugar. Are you kidding me? And it tastes good. They absolutely do. Built Bar tries to see how to make them uh, taste good first and then how to make them healthy later. I don't know how they do it, but they figure it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order at Built.com. I'm Luka Doncic and... We need Luka Doncic. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NBA. Great stuff all across of Jackson Gatlin with you on Monday. So go check that out. All right, Isaac. 
Sorry for the, the Luka Doncic intro that may have given some people whiplash. Let's start with this game. The Mavericks started their normal lineup. Utah started their normal lineup. Um, without Obviously without Luka for the Mavs. So Brunson, mm. Dinwiddie, Bullock, Dorian Vinny-Smith, Dwight Powell. Nice Donovan hoodie Mitchell. by Luka, by the way. I love that hoodie. Luka was there. He was engaged. He was around. He was in huddles at times. Love to see Luka uh, in and around. Um, he didn't warm up. He walked out before the game in slides and he was just kind of, you know, messing around, but he did not warm up. So had that calf sleeve on though. Take whatever that, that means to you. The jazz are also fully healthy, which is definitely something to to consider. This jazz team is fully healthy. There's nobody else like really dealing with anything. Well, Trent Forrest is. (laughs) And Donovan Mitchell is really good after games of like days rest, like really, really good after days rest. That's one thing that David Locke kept bringing up is that his, you know, true shooting after like five, three or three days rest or more or something was like through the roof, like 68% or something nuts like that. And, and let, let me real quick. This is how they switched it in the third quarter and how he had a great third quarter after a bad first quarter. You got to remember how experienced this team is in the playoffs too. This core has played together so many games and Donovan has had 50 point playoff games. So, they they have the experience there, Conley and the, that whole court. Anyway, I just want to throw it out there. I didn't think we touched on that too much over this past week. That this is kind of an experienced group when it comes to the playoff. But, yeah, and yeah. this Mavs team is not. This Mavs team is not that experienced, right? You have Dorian. Especially you don't count the bubble. So, so if you don't count the bubble, then like some of these guys haven't even played in the playoffs at all. <laughs> they just played last year, and that was it. Um, but you start at the beginning of this game, and the Mavericks came out and. After two 8-0 runs both ways, the Jazz had an 8-0 run, the Mavs had an 8-0 run, the Mavs started taking the lead, and they had the lead for the most of the first quarter, and you were feeling really good about the Mavs. Mitchell wasn't getting anything going. It was Bogdanovich that was the only one that seemed to be able to score for the Jazz. And uh, you could tell, you could just tell that Brunson and Dinwiddie were going to be able to get their shots off, and they can against this this Jazz defense. Yeah, and you know, I was looking at you know Brunson had uh, I made a note of, of him in the first quarter because it was kind of uh, kind of like a Brunson versus Bogdanovich, you know, first quarter there because they both had eight points. Everything this matchup was slated to be Bogdanovich <laughs> versus Brunson. Well, you know, we we had David Locke on the pod this past week, and if some of y'all didn't know that, and two, I thought it was great pods to hear the Jazz perspective of it, and. You know, we asked him, we're like, hey, who who scores more in this series? Is it Boyan or is it Jordan Clarkson? And he was like, well, it's a good thing for the Jazz if it's Bogdanovich because he was saying it means he's getting open shots and all that. But he's such an underrated shot creator. Like, you yeah. know, it's it's the end of this game today and they're they're running plays for him in the post. And he's just he has a 6'11 Bertons on him. And he's just like calling. There was a moment in the second half. He gets the ball you know, coming up the floor and he just like waves Conley or somebody off because Berton's is on him. He's like, I got this. He just goes right to the basket and gets fouled. He drives to the basket one time and he scored. I think it was in the first quarter or later. And Harp goes, oh, I didn't even know he could do that. Like, like Oh, oh like, yes, he can. Yes. Like, right, right in the mic. Like didn't even realize that Bogdanovich could score off the dribble. And it totally threw him off guard, but he can like, this is a guy that we've, we've seen score and, you know, big moments. And, and he's the guy, Bogdanovich for the jazz is the guy that has the mismatch, right? So if yeah. you put Dorian on, on, um, 
If you put Dorian on Mitchell, you put like did a great Bull job in first half, by the way. You put Bullock on Conley or whoever, and then now all of a sudden Bogdanovich can get some switches and get against Brunson or get against or go yeah. against you know Bertans or go against you know whoever else is going to be out there, Maxi or Dwight or or all that. He's going to be the one to get the mismatches. Mitchell probably isn't that much until the third quarter. He did a little bit, um, and Conley can get some. He, he was getting his floater going. For sure, but he's Same not gonna—he's not gonna take advantage of a ton of mismatches. It's Bogdanovich is the one, and that's the—that's yeah. one, the one we were waiting for to take advantage of either Brunson or another one of the Mavs' weaker defenders in their lineups. And and that's where they kind of they tried to alternate it a little bit in the second half and put Reggie on on Donovan at times, put Dorian on, on Bogdanovich. But what about that atmosphere in the first quarter in which Dorian hits those couple threes? Mavs take a little lead. You know, everybody's, you know, feeling themselves, hyped, Reggie smiling, everybody's just smiling, the bench is into it. That's a that's a cool that was a cool first moment. It's it wasn't to the level of game three last year, you know, last year. No, not game three, game five. I guess it was game five. Whatever oh, it was, no, that they the game no, it was game three. Game it was game three. Because remember, they were, yeah. we were like, "Oh, get, oh, dang, they're gonna go up 3-0 yeah, on the Clippers." Yeah, that was the craziest moment, craziest in arena moment I've ever been in, in which Lucas hitting the big shots. Game three, they're up, you know, they're up 2-0, and then bam, that happens. But this was a little bit reminiscent of that, of like, man, excitement. Dorian hits because, the couple threes and. Yeah, because yeah. you're grading it on a curve, right? The whole crowd is grading this whole game on a curve and with their cheers because it's without yeah. Luca, and they know that, okay, any kind of leeway we can get, any kind of success we can have is positive. Um, last second, right before the end of the first quarter, you had that Clarkson play where he threw Dinwiddie to the ground. He, like, grabbed him, he, like grabbed yeah. his shoulders, chucked him to the ground, and it got called a common foul. They went and reviewed it. Still was a common foul. That was a really weird – there was a bunch of just really weird plays, and the – Shout out to CBA Mavs on Twitter who who said he said he said shout out to all the Mavs pods tomorrow that will go. You know, we don't usually like to talk about the refs, but <laughs> I'm not I'm actually not talking a lot about the refs tonight. There were some there were some strange swings in this game where the first quarter it felt like the Mavs were getting called for some ticky tack fouls. There was like three plays in a row around the, like the four or five minute mark where the Mavs were just getting these random like foul calls play after play after play totally took their momentum out uh in the first quarter and then later in the game it'll swing back in the map in the Mavs favor and they <laughs> yeah. got some they got some calls on their own but uh overall it was just a, a strangely uh officiated game there's just some weird calls even the even the play that the Mavs Ty had to challenge later was like very obvious <laughs> the fact that Tyler Ford checked the ball inbounds when the Jazz had six players on the floor, like it was just, I don't know. Well, in, in that play, that play later was even a, it was a makeup call for the one before where, where Josh Green got called out of bounds. Like yeah. it was just, it was all just weird it where it weird. didn't even make sense. But that was the end of the first quarter where you could tell that the Mavs could, like Brunson and Dinwiddie could get to their spots. They're just going to have to hit a lot of floaters and a lot of mid range shots. And the Jazz were only, were zero for five. On their threes. They're like, all right, the game plan seems to be working. You go into the second quarter. The Mavs started with this lineup that I don't know if we've even seen this year. Dinwiddie, Josh Green, Davis Bertans, Maxi, and Dwight. This big lineup they started in the second quarter. Why do you think Kid went with that? Gosh, I, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, there, there were a couple decisions that Kid made tonight that I was like, Mm, I would love to just have a cup of coffee with you and learn why you made that decision. Uh, but no, I, I don't know. I don't know why he made that decision to go with that. Cause he, like you, I mean, I, I'd, I made a note of it. I wanted to look up. I didn't look up before this pod to see how many minutes they played together this season. I can't imagine it's, it's very many at all. Um, 
The the challenge by kid late in the game, I know I texted you about it, but the challenge that if you win the challenge, it results in a jump ball with Rudy Gobert. I was like, I don't, you know, it didn't come back around to bite him, but I'm like, man, this is really going to suck if it's like the end of the game and you really need that challenge and you you used it on the challenge to win and then get a jump ball with Rudy. <laughs> uh, Dinwiddie, Josh Green, and Bertans have played only 258 possessions together, which is like the equivalent of like two and a half games total of minutes. Okay. Uh, if you put Maxi, if you put Maxi in there with them, they've played like they've played like not not, not a lot at all. It's like a hundred possessions or something like that. And then if you put Dwight, that none they haven't played that lineup hasn't played together at all this whole uh, season. Yeah. Second quarter, you start to I started to see a trend with Whiteside. The Mavs have to win the Whiteside minutes. Yes. You just you have to like when Whiteside yes. is out there, you have to attack. Um, he finished the game, uh, you know, a, a plus zero in the plus minus, and Gobert was a plus six. They won the game by six. You know, like they, they won yeah. the game by six. So if you start looking at uh, after the first quarter, Whiteside was a minus seven, Gobert was a plus four. Um, that started to be a trend. You could you could tell. And then, um, oh, there was another weird Tyler Ford ref moment with six minutes and forty three seconds where Jordan Clarkson just completely he pushed off fully on the drive. And then pushed off on Davis Bertans in the air, and didn't get a foul call on either of them. And then gets a foul in the in the air against Davis Bertans. And you could just, I could see from my vantage point, like they were the foul happened on the Mavs side of the floor, and the entire Mavs bench gets up and walks over to Tyler Ford during the timeout. It was just like the Jon Snow gif from Game of Thrones where Tyler Ford had like a sword and everybody Don't was coming Don't compare Tyler him. Ford to Jon Snow. <laughs> I will come through this mic. Was coming at him all at once during that timeout. Uh, and then the Mavs end halftime. They're only down two. Donovan Mitchell had only scored, what, what did he finish the first half with? Like four points. Yeah. Um, yeah, two two points in the first half. He was one of nine. Only had three assists. Didn't score until five minutes left in the first in the first half. Uh, and so you're starting to feel good. You're starting to feel okay if you're the Mavs. The Mavs Jazz were, were two of eleven from three in the first half. They was were like, let's go. Not shooting the three well. They were scoring in the paint and all that. But coming up, we'll talk about why the third quarter run was one of the big things that changed this game for the Mavericks. And did the Jazz learn something that they can employ in next game? And then all the chances the Mavs had at the end of this game that they they could have stole this one. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet online is the best place to put down some money, check it out, see everything, all the lines, props, and odds available for everything in sports. They have baseball, they have basketball. Check out some of these NBA series that are happening. Ooh, the Jazz now. After winning game one, the Jazz are a minus 750. That went up from, it was minus 310 before this game one, and so now they've won one game. And if you're still feeling the Mavs, I saw a lot of people still pick the Mavs in this series, like a lot of media people and non, non-Mavericks people picked it, the Mavericks. Uh, all of a sudden, those numbers are way in your favor, plus 555 if you want to pick the maps. So go check it out. Bet online. That's, that's enticing, by the way. I mean, you put down 100 bucks and the maps win the series, you win $550 and get your 100 bucks back. So dang. If you're ever thinking about going to bet online, go check it out right now. Get those odds available before Luca mm-hmm. comes back for game two or definitely game three. So go check it out. Bet online. Uh, it's where the game starts. 
All right, Isaac, we're moving into the second half. Can, can I mention this real quick about the first half? One more thing. No. Yeah, say the thing. One more thing. Yeah. Dwight Powell was a plus 14 in the first half. Mm. And it was just something, you know, there was one point there at the first of the third quarter. I think they're mentioning he like is on off. And like when he was off the floor, they're like a minus 16, something around there. And but the fact that he was a plus 14 in the half, he was a plus nine in the game. I think there's something there. I don't know what that fully is because that was kind of the dynamic that they were trying to ride this whole game of Maxi Bertons. If they're at the five, then you're trying to pull Rudy away from the basket. You put Dwight in, you're kind of leaving him at the basket, but he's a plus. So I, I know that's just where they're kind of wrestling at right now with that spot. Well, Dwight only played 22 minutes. Like he played half of the time that all the other starters played, except yeah. for Dinwiddie, right? So, if you look at it at that way, like this, the minutes that Dwight was in, they they were playing well, and especially in that first half, they had that run, one of them in the first quarter, and then a little bit in the, in the second quarter, they had a little bit of a run with Dwight out there. And Dwight's I get it because Luca's not out there, and it's like Luca maximizes Dwight so much, so it might even be a little in their head of like. All right, with Luca's not gonna play, we gotta watch you know Dwight's minutes. But I don't, I don't know. I just don't know what the answer is. So, but but then without Luca, Dwight is like only a screen setter and an offensive rebounder on offense. He becomes yeah. Dwight of like two, three years ago when when nobody Ma- can throw him a lob. When Mavs fans would just complain about it, and he, nobody can throw him a lob. Somebody asked me this on Twitter. I thought it was a good question. Why can't why can nobody throw Dwight a lob? Well, one, Rudy Gobert is really good. I think yeah. I saw Kevin O'Connor say he's the best defender in sports history. <laughs> I was like, dang, Whoa. dang KOC with the, with the crazy uh, hyperbole there. Ray Lewis? Or- yeah, I was like, uh, Jason Taylor? Probably, like, some of these guys probably have a good good shot at it. But Rudy Gobert is really dang good. And the Mavs just can't, they can't attack the rim at all while he's out there. And you can't get a pass around him. You can't get a pass over him. It's just really hard. And so you see Luka do that stuff with Dwight. And you realize how hard and the level of difficulty that Luka, what Luka is doing is... When you see, like in some of these Mavs Jazz games during the regular season, he and he and Dwight were like hooking up for like Dwight had like twenty points in one of the, in one of those yeah. games because Luca was just hooking him up. But what Dwight did in this game when he wasn't super effective offensively, he was really good defending the rim. Dwight had two mm-hmm. blocks in this game and a bunch of other contests that I thought were really really good. I mean, he turned away Whiteside on one. He had another block that. Uh, just this, these massive blocks where somebody gets to the rim and he just turns them away where the Mavs didn't have that anywhere else. I, I didn't think Maxi Kleva had a good game defending the rim in this one. Mitchell just scored over top of him in the, in the fourth quarter, just yeah. took it right at him, didn't care. Um, and I thought Dwight was defending the rim really well. And so the Mavs defense was what really kept him in this whole game because their offense was terrible, like just just terrible. Yeah, so then you get into the third quarter and you get this, you finally have the bounce back from Donovan Mitchell. I mean, this is why yeah. he's Donovan Mitchell. And he had, what, 20, I think it was 20 on the 19. dot. 19 uh, in the third. And, you know, Reggie had different looks on him. Dorian got some looks on him. But he honestly just, this is what good players do. Trey did it the other night in that play-in game. Yep. Donovan did it in this quarter. This is what, I mean, Luca does this all the time. Luca's so. going to do it in game four, five, six. <laughs> <laughs> Three. So what Donovan Mitchell did in the third quarter, and I'm sure a lot of you are listening to this thinking, well, can he just pull that out anytime he wants? Like, kind of, a little bit, a little bit if he, if he wanted to, just pull it right out of the bag and just set it on the table and be like, hey, I'm one of the best players in this game, and I can take over a quarter when I want to. He could. The Mavs, 
the Mavs were trying to switch some of that stuff. They switched a lot in this game. They tried to switch some of that stuff with Donovan Mitchell, and it's almost like the Jazz kind of realized it, or almost like baited the Mavs into switching long enough so that they could have they could give Donovan Mitchell that that quarter. And a lot of Mitchell's baskets, I think I went back and watched all of them. All of Mitchell's baskets in the third quarter were not against Dorian. It was against somebody else. It was against Davis Bertans. It was against, uh, you know, Reggie. It was against Brunson. It was against somebody else in this third quarter instead of instead of Dorian because Dorian was just taken out of the play by a Gobert screen or by a handoff from somebody else or something like that. Yeah. So the fourth quarter, one, the fact that they climbed back in that fourth, that this is if we're one more thing. For, one more thing for the third. Whoa, for the thir- you for got the, one more thing. For the third quarter. Big moment. No one is guarding Josh Green. Yeah, no, there's a reason. I, 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 I wouldn't a, either. I made a point of this because Josh Green only played like a minute in the fourth quarter, and uh, it, Jason Kidd kind of realized in the third quarter you just can't. I don't know if Josh Green can play in this series if they're not going to guard him like that. He went 0 4 from three, <laughs> and he just didn't do enough other stuff to make up for it. And literally, they had Whiteside on Josh Green, they had Gobert on White on Josh Green, and they could just stand away from him in the corner. It was like Don, it was like Dorian from two years ago. They really missed Tim Hardaway in this game. They really did. And you forget that Tim Hardaway's not on this team, like that he's not with the team, right? The Mavs are missing their two leading scorers from last year's playoffs. Like Josh wouldn't be in the rotation. You know, they only played eight guys. Right. And so basically off the bench, it was Maxi, Bertons, and Josh Green. And to have to swap that out, swap him out with Tim Hardaway would have been huge. And it's just really bad game zeros across the board for him i also have a couple steals they have to play josh just to spell brunson and dinwiddie a little bit because you can't just play them all the time they have to play him unless either that or it's trey burke or sterling or i mean if trey if luke is in there he might not play so right uh, right when when luca comes back it's not going to be a problem like that that's not goes down josh probably won't play but um but yeah with without luca Josh Green just has to play just for sheer like allocation of, of minutes almost at yeah. this point. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I noticed that in the third quarter that it was kind of like, all right, Josh may be done. Josh may be done uh, at this point unless he starts to hit the, some threes. And we saw him at the end of the season, like the second half of the season, he shot over like thirty seven percent from three. He was pretty good. He didn't take but, a ton and, of them, but he was hitting them. And it shows they're getting their open looks. Like even yeah. you know Dorian referenced it after a game. I think Brunson referenced it after the game. He said, "Hey, we're getting open shots." Josh got open looks. A couple of us got open look. Like they're getting some open shots. It's just a lot of those shots didn't go down, which is you know kind of a story for a while. So Mitchell finishes the third quarter with 19 points. He was seven of 13 from the field. He had zero assists, which I found funny too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the Mavs got out rebounded 15 to five in that quarter. Mm. <laughs> and Mitchell was was. On all like going off, but like rebounding is one of those things. Like we we we've said it this week that like rebounding is one of those things that the Mavs when they constructed the roster this way after the deadline, especially going against Utah. Like this is it's it's done. Like they're gonna win the rebounding battle. They lost it tonight by what nineteen? You know Utah is a plus nineteen in the in the rebounding matchup. Yeah, and that's just like points in the paint too. We literally just said this on the spot this week saying, Hey, just write that off, write off rebounding, write off points in the paint. Utah's going to win this all series. I expect it. They could still win the series if they're getting beat re- on the, in the rebounding battle. Like I kind of just like, okay, you, you got it. And the, the gap will be closed when Luca comes back too, right? Like Luca is the Mavs best rebounder. <laughs> I think possibly, 
Is he the best? Everything? And he's also their their best point in the paint scorer and gets Dwight Powell points in the paint and all best that. Best scorer and best passer and best <laughs> best looking, best singer, best dancer. Definitely not the best singer. Um, then you start the fourth quarter, and the Mavs started out with Josh Green again. You had Davis, you had you had Dwight Powell out there, you had Jalen Brunson. Um, nine minutes and thirty three seconds left in the first in the fourth quarter. Dwight gets called for a foul. He hits the ball. Like Bogdanovich is going up for a layup. Dwight literally hits all ball. I don't even know if he hit Bogdanovich's hand on the ball. And it was called a foul. Jason Kidd, cha- Jason Kidd looks up at the, <laughs> the video board, sees the replay, and immediately goes, no, oh, no, we're challenging it because he got it. So they get it. They the, the challenge was successful. And so the Mavs get a jump ball in that situation. Yeah. And they only had one foul in the quarter so far, so that foul was taken away. And Dwight, it was only going to be his third foul. I st- I'm not sure. Even though it was a very obvious play, they won the challenge. I- I'm not sure that I would have used it there. No, I wouldn't be. I would have saved it for you know something the, towards the end of the game. The but benefit it, to me was not was not big enough. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, now it wasn't that big of a deal, but it would have been a, a way bigger deal if there was something controversial at the end of the game and they didn't have a challenge. The Jazz had built up a little bit of a lead in that third quarter for sure. And then fourth quarter just felt like the crowd was taken out of it. But at nine minutes left, Brunson hits a three and the crowd gets back in, back yeah, back into it. It was they yeah. were only down four at that point. The crowd gets back in it. The crowd was standing at this point. At this point in the game, there's nine minutes left. Jason Kidd is already doing offense for defense substitutions. He puts Dwight in for, for Davis Bertans. And then a minute later, he puts Davis back in for Dwight. He was literally just making these offense, defense substitutions with uh, like nine, seven minutes left in the game. Yeah. And, you know, you get towards the end of the game and, you know, they start unless you're going to you want to start somewhere closer to the nine minute mark. But I was going to say towards the end of the game there that they kept on just staying in it. And this is where the pendulum swung back in the Mavs favor because the Mavs got some favorable calls towards the end of the fourth there. And it. You know, they climb back in it and then Maxi hits that huge three over in the corner. And it's like, I'm hyped. I'm I'm like standing up at this point. Let's go. Let's go. I'm like, I'm super hyped. And they even had the chance to take the lead. And Maxi miss, misses that three. You know, Rudy was closing out on him and he misses it. And then that led to what I think was the play of the game was the Royce O'Neal offensive rebound, get the ball back and the, hits the three. Blows the kiss to the fan in the front row. That was the swing. That was the swing right there. The Mavs had some chances at the end. Four minutes to go. Diamond Mitchell gets called for that travel call. The Mavs are playing some good defense. It felt like before that play that Mitchell and Bogdanovich were going to score every time they had the ball, right? Like any anytime those two guys got the yeah. ball, it felt like that they were going to score until that last until that play. Four minutes to go. Mitchell gets called for the travel. Right after that. Dorian and Reggie have that two-man game in the left corner where Dorian drives, Bullock relocates, and then Dorian kicks it back, and Reggie hits that three. It's a two-point game at that point. Gobert like goes insane at Bogdanovich, just jumping up and down and like pounding his fists in the air because Bogdanovich just completely lost Bullock on that play. Um, Dorian driving in and getting that foul against Gobert. <laughs> That was, a, that was a nice pass by JB to give that ball to Gobert. It was a good pass, and Dorian gets Gobert in the air. It was like one of the one of the one or two defensive mistakes Gobert made in this game. I, I don't think he made very many at all. It's like the one was <sighs> Dinwiddie had a drive on him on an isolation that wasn't even a mistake. It was just that he just was a, st- a split second not fast enough, <laughs> and the other yeah. one was this one. 
Um, two minutes and 40 seconds left. Dinwiddie had that awful turnover. And so, like I think it was Conley or, or, or Mitchell got behind Dinwiddie and sort of just came from from his blind spot and grabbed the ball as Dinwiddie tried to spin. Yeah, as Mitchell. If this was a regular season game, he doesn't turn that over. I don't think he could hear anybody. In the, I, yeah. I, don't think he, I don't think he could hear anybody in the arena call out, hey, someone's coming at you or anything like that. I thought that that was an interesting thing where the crowd noise can be a detriment. Like It's it's the thing yeah. where you see football players calm down the the crowd when your team's on offense because you don't you got to be able to hear the signals and hear all that stuff. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing in the moment. I was like, he probably didn't even hear it. Dorian probably called it out. He just didn't hear it. And then we get the, the the sequence of plays that that Isaac was just talking about. Minute thirty left. Maxi hits a corner three, or Maxi hit a corner three earlier. We're all hyped. Everybody's excited. And then he gets the next play. He gets another chance. The other corner, the left corner. He gets a chance to hit a three. If Maxi hits that three, the Mavs are up by two. Instead, they go down to the other end. The Mavs play good defense all up until the last second, which is something that Jason Kidd's been talking about is that the Mavs need to play defense all the way through the shot to the rebound. Yeah. They play great defense. They force a Royce O'Neal drive. Royce O'Neal had like not made a shot at that point in the game, and they force a drive. He misses point blank, but gets his own offensive rebound. Royce yeah. O'Neal gets his offensive rebound. He's able to you know relocate, and Donovan Mitchell swings it over to him. Then Royce O'Neal relocates again with an escape dribble and then hits a three. Just like one of the most improbable things for Royce O'Neal to get an offensive rebound. for Which him is to, who you want taking the shot. Like right. You want Royce O'Neal taking it. And then him to take the three after he relocates and escape dribbles. You just did not expect that. And so that swing, the Mavs would have been up by two. Instead, they're down by four with less than a minute to go. <sighs> that's then, where the, then Reggie that's where the hit the went. Yeah, and Re- Reggie you know, had the wide open three on the right wing and he missed it, and at that point, it's like, "Hey, this this is it. You you fought you fought the good fight, you know, without <laughs> Luca, and you had, I I mean, we said at the top of the pod, we're going to get into more numbers and some stuff tomorrow night yeah. as we preview game two and what some things they can change, some things they can try to carry over and all of that. But it, it's, I thought they had an incredible game plan. I thought the coaching was on it. I thought them their execution on a lot of stuff outside the outside shooting, yeah, but it's like." What they chose to give up, you gave it up, and yet you were still there when it comes to points in the paint, rebound, and some of this. But you you did your thing. You executed the game plan for the most part. It just didn't work. You just didn't make shots, some of the easy shots. So who are you? Are you glass half full or glass half empty? If they hit three more threes, they're at 37% from three, which is where we like, which is where we wanted them, right? Yeah. Yeah. If they hit three more of those. That's that's the last check mark, check mark. Check that's the last check mark, check mark. That they needed in the checkbox. <laughs> you know the how they could hit more check. threes is if they take more threes. What? Tell them. Tell the people. Listen, I said I want them to take forty threes. <sighs> and we even looked at some of the numbers. Like, hey, when they took over forty threes, they they won a couple of these games. The games they lost against the Jazz, they shot under forty, and they shot thirty two threes tonight. Shoot more threes. Please, can I? I just need to put on like a cardboard sign and stand outside the arena and be the meme. Shoot more threes. The problem is they the game was so slow, right? Like how many? Yeah. And the Mavs attempt. So they norm the Mavs normally attempt thirty seven threes and they take eighty five total shots. In this game, they took seventy six total shots and thirty two of them. So their ratio was about the same, but. They just didn't take a ton of shots because the game was so slow. They slowed down every possession, which is what they wanted to do. It's part of the game plan. Both these teams play slow. The Mavs play slower. 
Um, and then they were able to score a little bit in some transition when they started to push a little bit uh, in the fourth quarter. But there you go. That's game one. We'll be back tomorrow with a game one, a little bit more of a player-by-player player breakdown, and then we'll also preview game two. Guys, it just doesn't stop. It keeps going. Stay hopefully, positive. A lot of good things that happen. Hopefully we get update happened. on Luca. Monday night, round two. Let's do this. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.